in this situation. He took a pitch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my winner. What's going on, everybody? Another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. A handful of stuff we're going to get into today. Number one, we're celebrating a, a milestone in regards to uh, the studio as we've added some green carpet um, with the hope that it encourages the baseball owners to lay off their unreasonable demands and sets up the possibility of baseball coming into the mix sometime soon. A um, couple small things that I'm thinking about because the All-Star game coming into the mix sometime soon in basketball I thought was very entertaining. And I've watched over the last couple of years. I haven't really enjoyed it. Uh, but... I thought from a uh, mechanism of the game being close and a, n- a number of interesting things happening throughout the game, uh, you know, no more important than Steph Curry going off for 16 three-pointers, uh, it, it was worth watching. And probably one of the more memorable NBA All-Star games I've watched in a while. And certainly the reason it was that is because of the choice of the NBA to honor its 70 70- fifth anniversary team, the 75 greatest players in the history of the National Basketball Association. And what I love the most about it is the fact that you look at the greatest greatest of any sport, football, baseball, hockey, and mostly because, because those sports go back further than the NBA did, you're never going to be able to honor all the greats at one time. Nelson, there's been greats, you know, the George Mikans of the world and Moses Malone. And, you know, I'd have to dig into it off the top of my head, call out, you know, the Will Chamberlains and the other greats that are no longer with us. But to have more greats than not that are still associated with the game that we're still able to, that we're able to show up to Cleveland for this event. Now, listen, a lot of them couldn't make it. A lot of them taped themselves a, a two second thing where they're waving. To the fans, you know, I don't think Tiny Archibald did. He might not be in good health. But if you look at the greatest players in the history of the National Basketball Association, I'm proud that they were all put together to be honored at one time. And other sports can't do that. Other sports, you know, they go back so far. You can't bring Babe Ruth back. You know, a little silhouette of Babe Ruth, um, you know, mentioning that he died in 1948. Is, is is not really something that could be celebrated when you're talking about the greatest of all time. And you still got, you know, like the likes of, you know, Hank Aaron and Ted Williams. Greats that were around for a while but are no longer with us. Basketball did a great job of celebrating its history all at one time. And in a way that I don't think other sports can do. So you watch the actions of Michigan head basketball coach Jawan Howard. And it's not the first time that you've seen him get a little pissed off, 
go a little overboard. And, you know, if you look back at the incident of yesterday with Michigan, Wisconsin, if you need some cliff notes, the game was ending. Wisconsin won the game going away by, what, 14 or 15 points. And as the teams are congratulating each other at the end of the game, there was an altercation. It looks like the coach of Wisconsin reached his hand out, may have grabbed Jawan Howard's arm, and it may have been a simple something as simple as, "Hey, you know, we we shake hands. Yeah, I don't care what your animosity is. We shake hands." And Jawan Howard decided he was going to take it to a complete and utter unacceptable level. He got in the face of the coach, the assistant coach that was close enough. He actually took a swing and, and, and struck the man in the head. And this is something that if you are running a university, if you are the athletic director, or if you're a booster for the University of Michigan, you can't sit here and say that something like this is okay. You can't sit here and say that your head basketball coach throwing a punch after a game that his team's getting blown out could be any way substantiated and acceptable for the university you're trying to run. You're running a Division I basketball program where kids from all over the country are going to look to want to further their education. And from the school standpoint, to keep Jawan Howard around would be un- unacceptable. And I compared this in a tweet yesterday to Woody Hayes, legendary coach at Ohio State, and you think of Woody Hayes and what he's ultimately remembered for is his exit from college football when he was fired after he struck a player during an altercation at a game. Now, it didn't hide from the fact that Woody Hayes was a legendary coach, one of the best in the history of the sport, but that incident that happened in 1978 for a guy that won 205 games, lost 61, and had a 761 winning percentage. Won the Rose Bowl, what, four times? The Orange Bowl, another time. One of the greatest head football coaches in the history of college was fired because he struck a player. Juwan Howard in his couple years as the head basketball coach as Michigan, has not done what Woody Hayes has done. He has not accomplished very much there. In fact, was a major disappointment with a high seed in the tournament last year on a team that was certainly supposed to do better than it did. If I'm Michigan, the wise thing to do right now is to move on from the basketball coach. And is it a, a, a knock on Jawan Howard, the person? Does it mean that Jawan Howard should be canceled? No. I'm not stating any of that. And for those that might think it's a racially motivated thing, you, you want to hide away from a racial element because I see a lot of blacks are sticking up for Jawan Howard, and that's fine. It's understandable where that point of view is going to come from. Replace him with another black coach. Replace him with another member of the Fab Five. Chris Weber, Jalen Rose has, has, has uh, exemplified himself great as an analyst for ESPN. Hire another coach. If you're Michigan, it's time to move on. If you're Michigan, 
you're embarrassing yourself if you allow this man to be behind the sidelines and represent your college basketball program one more day. Like I said, if Ohio State's going to fire Woody Hayes, one of the greatest coaches in the history of college football, for doing something similar, then Jawan Howard should be out. And if you hear the statement by the University of Michigan, this is something that you could tell they're taking seriously. And there's going to be, obviously, repercussions coming from the NCAA. Uh, Michigan has announced through its athletic director that they're going to support and back anything the NCAA says. In addition, you know they're going to think about maybe their own type of discipline if they don't think the discipline was enough. They're not accepting this. And Jawan Howard had an incident last year where he was able to basically get away with something that would have gotten some other people fired. And you know what? Because he represents the school well, because he's a big-time name, he had a successful career in the NBA, he's a solid alum, and the school looks at it from a recruiting standpoint. Young kids are going to want to play basketball for Jawan Howard because he's a household name. Certainly a household name in the state of Michigan. And obviously a household name nationally. So if you're looking, you know, for a school to continue to back a coach that acts this way, I, I don't I don't see why it should be acceptable at all. And listen, he had his chance last year. He had a similar incident. Now he didn't throw a punch last year. So I think this is proof that he is not understanding the way that he needs to compose himself as a professional. As a professional representing that school. And it's disgraceful. Like I said, you could say the other coach instigated it. You could say the other coach put his hand on him. And Jawan Howard pulled out, you know, growing up in the south side of Chicago mentality. It's still not acceptable. And if you're a university that is for the growth of higher education, then the University of Michigan needs to not accept this, needs to cut ties with this man right away. And like I said, I'm not advocating that you know he never gets another job somewhere. He will. He can get a job in the NBA. He might be an NBA head coach down the road. Maybe, maybe that's a league that is more representative of that type of action, that type of passion, I guess he's going to call it. The bottom line is he is very past the line of being wrong. And there's no way that you could justify his actions. There's no way that he can justify his actions. So what you're looking at here is a situation where Michigan is going to be judged, certainly in this man's opinion, as a university by the way that they choose to respond to this. If the NCAA passes a suspension and Michigan says good, that's not enough. If the NCAA passes a suspension and Michigan makes it longer, that's not good enough. It's time to move on. And I know from a recruiting standpoint, that's going to hurt the university. But you know what? Michigan's got a ton of money. They're giving a ton of it to Jim Harbaugh. And by the way, if Jim Harbaugh did something like this, I, I would believe that he should be out as well. 
There's no excusing this type of behavior. There's no excusing taking a blowout loss to a team that is better than you and turning it into all about you. There should be no discussion about Joan Howard today. Maybe, maybe over talking about Michigan basketball, the college basketball network, maybe analyzing a little bit of what went wrong when they lost the game to Wisconsin. Okay. But this shouldn't be a day centered around Joan Howard. And I thought that was a, a terrible job of professionalism. And if the university does not remove him from the head coaching position, then I'm believing that Michigan is condoning that type of behavior. So that's all I got to say about that. Moving on, number two. LeBron James makes a statement a couple days ago stating that if there's a team in basketball that wants to sign him as a free agent, well, you know, do the right thing and draft my son. And obviously, Bronny James is in high school right now. Um, is going to get a lot of attention basically just because of who his father is. Now, there's a couple things going against Bronny James. It's not like he is being followed and recruited the same way that his dad was. And that, you know, it's probably hard to do. There's very few people that could be as talented and as great of a basketball player as LeBron James is. You know, it's okay. You know, he has a child, but there's no guarantee that that child's going to be on the same level as LeBron James. Yeah, you could think of Ken Griffey Jr. being better than Ken Griffey Sr. You could talk about Barry Bonds being better than Bobby Bonds. Bronny James isn't given the same amount of talent that his father is. Two reasons why I think this is great marketing for LeBron James. Number one, it opens the door. Hey, a bunch of teams out there may say, hey, we, we might not have had a chance to get LeBron James before. Maybe if we draft his son, LeBron will come play with us. Now, he has made that declaration that he will. Um, you know, he hasn't put it in writing yet, but if I'm a team like Orlando, if I'm a team like Detroit, if I'm a team like Utah, if I'm a team like Houston, I'm thinking, hey, if I want to, I could sign LeBron James by simply drafting his son. The problem is going to be when it comes time for the draft, You know, whether it's next year, whether it's the year after, I don't, I'm not 100% um, educated on what his plans are for after his senior season of basketball in high school. But I'm looking at this as, all right, where does he rank amongst the drafting prospects? He ranks 43 amongst the high school seniors throughout the country. Now that likely leads to somebody not playing in the NBA. So if you're an NBA basketball team, would you consider drafting a player that normally would not be NBA caliber? And I think a lot of that would have to do with the amount of picks individual teams have. Let's say a team has three second round picks or you know four or five picks over the course of the two round NBA draft. Maybe one, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory way, but maybe one to cast aside for LeBron James' son so you could sign LeBron James. I think that's great marketing if you're, if you're LeBron James also because that's going to give his kid a better chance of getting drafted than it would by him just simply playing basketball. And listen, 
you want to talk about how you know there's some nepotism going on a lot of people are against nepotism listen i understand where nepotism comes from and it comes from being a parent anybody that's out there that's a parent understands how much they love their child and how much they want their children to have things better or if not as good as they did that's why children are brought into the family business that's why children move up the ladder in companies you know when they when they become adults because you know what their fathers their mothers they want what's best for them they want to see them move through the line and maybe they get a better chance better shot better opportunity than some of the other people that are working just as hard if not harder and i get it like i said if your knock on nepotisms is that it's not fair then i'm totally in agreement with you but from a parent standpoint that's what we all want for our children and LeBron James wants his son, number one, to have a shot to play professional basketball. Number two, he'd love to play basketball on the same team with him. Now, is it how possible is it? I don't know. You know, you look through the draft, and I haven't, you know, you know if he's going to go in a, in, a, in a draft this year, I don't think he can. I think he's got to wait at least a year. So if he decides not to go to college, he could play in one of the, the, the NBA star, uh, starter leagues. He could play overseas. He could get himself prepared to enter the draft at age 19. But if I'm a team and I didn't think I had a chance to add LeBron James before and might think that, hey, I could win a championship within the next couple years if LeBron James was part of the mix, then I might take LeBron up on this offer and draft Bronny and, and, and with one of the picks over the course of the next couple of years. Now, like I said, this does two things. Gets Bronny James in the mix as far as a possibility of being drafted when he probably wouldn't have before. And then it also sets the team up, a team that wants LeBron James to consider him and his son as part of a package. So I think it's a very good marketing move from LeBron James's perspective. And what else do we want as parents, we want the best for our kids. We want to create an opportunity for our children to do either what we could do, the same, or better. And no parent, no good parent, isn't going to do everything they can to propel our, our child into a position like that. So I think that's great marketing from, from LeBron James's perspective. Yeah, yeah, I think about, and I, and I, I do want to spend a couple minutes talking about baseball and the lockout, because uh, this is something to me that you, know, you wonder over the course of time. This is going to be the turning point this week of whether opening day starts on time. Baseball, the owners and the players, I side with the players when it comes to this, but at some point, you know, the players want to negotiate with some sort of fair faith. And they don't believe the owners are. And I think that's why they're sticking to their guns. That's why Tony Clark and the players' team and their proposal uh, hasn't moved very much, similar to the way the owners haven't moved. At some point, they're going to have to find some common ground. And I'm not saying the players should concede. I'm not saying the players should uh, allow the owners to destroy the rights of minor league players. I'm not saying that the players should allow the owners to 
collude with each other and you know knock the price of free agency down. I'm not thinking that the players should allow the owners to act in a way where tanking is encouraged and teams should not put the best product on the field. There should be a salary floor. Teams with $20, $30 million payrolls should not be allowed to do that. And I even propose some penalty for teams that have multiple hundred lost seasons within a decade. You know, you know, maybe you're not moving it fast enough. And this was an idea that I thought about a couple weeks ago. You know, there should be some penalty for being a bad baseball team. Now we talk about, oh man, you know what? Some teams just aren't that good. Well, you could have a couple years. You could have a couple hundred lost seasons in a row if you're rebuilding. At some point, you should expect there to be fruits to your investment. If you're the Houston Astros, a couple bad seasons would lead up into some good draft picks. You, you build a good farm system, and all of a sudden you have some good young players that are on their way to, to, to the majors. By 2015, you're back up and running. By 2017, you're a World Series champion. Now, the Baltimore Orioles have tried to follow that same model. And you get to a point where it you really should question their interest in winning. And listen, there's Baltimore Orioles fans out there that are you know ridiculously pissed off with the Orioles over the last handful of seasons. Pretty much ever since Buck left. And should Major League Baseball institute some sort of penalty, not be under 500, not miss the playoffs, but if you, over the course of five years, have any more than 300 lost seasons, then you should have to face a, a, a penalty. You should have a fine to go to the league to fund other small market teams. You want to put that money in a pool and give it to the winner of the World Series, I'd be okay with that. But I'm done with watching Major League Baseball teams, and in some cases, as many as a quarter of the teams, not even try over the course of a given season. That bothers me. So I do want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Past Ball Show. We're brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Alwish's Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I have a program on ColorCast that's going to be... Uh, Available through their app today, starting live at 12.30. If I get some interaction, I'll go all the way up until 1.30. If I get as much interaction as I do here, then I'll probably be off in a half hour. But um, we'll be back with you on another Passball show on Saturday. So God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on in my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. 
I'm a dude with a name and dude disguises another dude. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. You damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.